0: Kingdom attitudes. Uh, we're gonna, it's going to extend a bit, uh, but at least I took the first three weeks take a little break and come back uh, because of my travel. Amen. Uh, so we're going ex- to explore a few subjects. Uh, today we're going to talk about the subject of faith, uh, but we're going to look at faith as an attitude. Oftentimes we don't really see faith as an attitude, but I'm going to go through that today uh, just to see There's some key attitude that we must adopt if we're going to make the best of our life in the kingdom. This is our year of kingdom power and kingdom authority. Uh, When we were saved, we were brought into a new kingdom. That kingdom needs a different kind of attitude. And what is an attitude? An attitude is a settled way of thinking. All right? You can bring the old way of thinking into a new kingdom. An attitude is a feeling or a way of thinking that affects our behavior, all right? People's behavior is a function of the attitude of the heart, all right? People react to, th- uh, to things differently based on the attitude they have. Uh, people who have a negative attitude tend to, you know, react negatively to things. People who have positive attitude uh, react positively to things. So we all have an attitude of the heart, uh, that we go through life with. Those attitudes are formed sometimes because of our life experiences, sometimes because of what we go- went through, the family we grew up with, uh, the books we read, what we're exposed with, uh, to as we grow up. And sometimes they are intentionally developed. All right? Some people just have this attitude towards people that they are against me. All right? And that's all they see. Some people have an uh, attitude that people love me. There are some fundamental beliefs, a settled way of thinking. A lot of times, after a while, they become something we do unconsciously. There are attitudes that are consistent with life in the kingdom, and there are attitudes that are not. So we're going to look at some of this, uh, and I trust that the Holy Spirit will explain them to us, expound them in our hearts uh, in the mighty name of Jesus Let us pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you because you are our teacher. The Bible says we do not need anyone to teach us, but the same anointing will teach us all things. And it is true and it's no lie. And as he teaches us, we abide. Holy Spirit, come and teach us this morning. Teach us your word. Open our hearts and our ears to understand. In Jesus' name we have prayed. When we think about faith, most times we think about faith as something magical. Something magical that comes somehow from out of space, from outside of us. Sometimes when we think about faith, we think of something we need to conjure. Alright? When we need to. A situation arises, we need to come up with faith. Uh, sometimes when we think about Faith we tend to think about faith as something situational, something we need to walk up as situation arises or situations arise. we need to really somehow just put on faith, come up with faith, and use faith to confront it. But you know when you look at the scripture really, faith is essentially an attitude of the heart, an attitude we must live by, not just act that we must demonstrate. And from the scripture we read, Hebrews chapter 11, describe what faith is. Faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. There is an object and the subject of our faith. All right? All right? There are two here that he mentioned. Number one is what we hope for. And what we do not see, all right. is are the object of our faith, or subject of our faith, right? But he says faith itself is confidence and assurance. Is it confidence and assurance, the attitude of the art, all right? About things we hope for and things we do not see. So faith is not necessarily. Uh, something we just conjure and we act on. it is really an internal disposition of our hearts. Very, very important. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says, we live by faith, not by sight. If you read King James Version or New King James Version, it talks about walk. But the word walk simply means live. That is, our life must be lived by faith. But I will go back to Hebrews 11 and read through a little bit. So it talks about that. Verse 3 says, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. It takes faith. It takes confidence in what you don't see. All right? And it takes assurance about things you hope for to believe that what was formed, the universe was formed at God's command. To believe that what is seen, things we see, were made out of what was, vis- I mean, was not made out of what was visible, all right? Or things we see were made out of invisible things. So for you to live a life of faith, you want to be someone that can have confidence in the invisible, All right. You must be someone that has a disposition that can believe things that are invisible, things that are intangible. As believers, obviously, that means things that come from God. Now, when you come into the kingdom, because the kingdom of God is not a visible kingdom, the kingdom of God is not something, it's not always something you can hold, something you can touch. It is spiritual. All right? You live essentially in a country or a kingdom that you can't see, right? So most of the principles of the kingdom, they come from unseen, right? So that is why faith is essential to live a life in the kingdom. Praise the name of Jesus. So it says by faith, it is by faith that we understand that. All right? Understanding does not come without faith. You know, when we are able to believe, understanding comes. Verse 4 says, by faith Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. All right? Now, Abel was able to bring offering to God than Cain did, if you have ever read that story, because, you're going to find out later, Abel had faith. It was real to Abel. It wasn't real to Cain. Right? Abel was able to... Respond to the invisible God as if He's visible. Praise the name of Jesus. And Cain was really doubtful, so Cain did something, whatever. He wasn't really, you know, convinced because there was no faith. All right. By faith, he was. Uh, let's move to. What's, all right. What, what part am I now? Abel. Okay. By faith, he was commanded as righteous. Commanded as righteous when God spoke well of his offering. And by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. Verse 5. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. Now, the Bible says here, before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. So, what drove Enoch was faith to be able to please God. So verse 6, now say something here: that without faith, it is impossible to please God. I want us to read that verse, verse 6, if we can see it. Alright, can we read verse 6 together? One, two, go. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So anyone who come to God must truly believe that he exists. And we're going to talk about that later. But I'll read a few scriptures uh, that I think will really help us. No, 1 Corinthians 5.17 says, We live by faith, not by sight. If you read another version, it says, For we live by believing, not by seeing. All right? We live by faith, not by what we see. Now, before we become Christians, before we place our faith in Jesus Christ, we lived our life primarily by what we see. It's driven by seeing things. Things we see, things that are tangible, right? And we are taught and trained to respond to tangible things. Now, when we come into the kingdom, it becomes different, right? Right? Things shift. In God's kingdom, we live by our ability, right, to believe. Our ability to believe before we see, not just simply by our senses. That's very important. So as believers, our life must be driven by an attitude of faith. Now, I started by saying faith is an attitude. It's a condition of the heart. Is, is, a, is a way of thinking that we develop and that guides the way we live. In fact, it is so important that the Bible says everything that does not come out of faith is sin. It's so important that the Bible says without it, it is impossible to live a life that pleases God. All right? Because if you are going to walk with God, you must walk by faith. And if you walk with God, God will ensure, you know, he leads you in the path of faith. Now, if you're not able to walk with faith, the Bible says you can't please him. It is very important. Now, Romans 14 to 23 says, Even in eating, faith must be applied. Whoever has doubt is condemned if they eat, because their eating is not from faith. All right? And everything that does not come from faith is sin. James 1.6 talks about when we pray, let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubt is like a wave of sea driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. So faith is essential. Faith is critical. If we are going to walk with with God... If you are going to live a life in the kingdom, if you are going to experience kingdom authority, kingdom, if you are going to walk in kingdom authority and kingdom power, if you're going to walk in kingdom prosperity, we must be people with an attitude of faith. Praise the name of Jesus. So faith is a kingdom attitude. It's a fundamental kingdom attitude. For example, the Bible says we are saved through faith. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. So faith is the vehicle for, to God's grace. God's grace is God's resources, right? God's grace is his resources, heavenly resources. Now, even though we live in the world, our source is from heaven, Right? The resources, the strength that we need, the power that we need, everything that we need to live a life that pleases God comes from God. It comes from heaven. It comes from him. Now, we only have access to that through faith. All right? Those, those, Those things are summarized as grace. Grace is God's riches, God's favor, God's empowerment, God's power. To be able to live the kind of life God has given you. Without that, life in the kingdom will be difficult. Right? Living a life that pleases God will be difficult. The reason why most times we struggle, we struggle to please God, we struggle to to do what God has called us to do, and we struggle, many of us, with basic things, basic Christian living, and even living our life fulfilling our purpose, is because. We have not understood that things that come from God, they must be assessed by faith. Praise the name of Jesus. So it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. So faith unlocks heavenly resources to us. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, we also learned a few things about the attitude of faith. The attitude of faith, or a faith attitude, believes God exists. That's what we learned, right? Hebrews eleven six. 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone that comes to him must first believe that he exists, right? And he rewards those who earnestly seek him must believe that he exists. Now, that looks very simple. You can say, oh, yeah, I believe that he exists. But what he's saying is, he's making a larger point here. We must believe that he exists. He is present in every situation. Right? He's present. Anyone that will come to God by faith must believe that he exists. He is present. He he, is always there. All right? All right? He is into everything you are doing. He exists, is present, and is interested. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, if you're gonna live a life in the kingdom, that must be how you live. He exists in everything you do. All right, he exists in everywhere, every sphere, regardless of any aspect of your life. You must be someone that believes, you must believe that God exists. He is present. He is there. You must be able to live for the audience of one. You must be someone that really considers his opinion in everything you do. So not just that he exists somewhere far away, but he's there. And that is why he says anyone that will come to him must believe that he exists. He's present. The next thing he says is, He rewards. I wanted to say, He rewards. rewards. God rewards. What does that mean? He has a stake in everything we do. All right? If you're going to walk with God, a kingdom attitude is an attitude that believes God has a stake in everything, He's interested. I he has a stake. If you're believing for God for a job, God has a stake in that, in, in that decision. All right? He has a stake in your family. He's not someone that is disinterested, distant. He's not someone that is just looking from afar. He's someone that is present. He's not just present, he has a stake. Is interested in the outcome. He's watching. He's there. It doesn't matter what you're going through. You must be someone that believes God is there with you. You know, most times we live life without even considering him, you know, until things get very bad. Most of us know how to really consider God when things get very bad. That is why most of us are prayer warriors when things are very bad. Right? When, things, when things get so crazy, then we, we, just, we just remember, you know what, there's prayer meeting on Friday. Or you know what, we have some prayer warriors in church. Let me go to them. Oh, there's prayer line. Now, but how do you live your daily life? How do you live your daily life when you wake up, when you make decisions? You know, decisions about your kids, about your children, where you're going to live, what you're going to do, what you're going to eat. Do you believe that God exists in those arenas? Do you believe that God exists at your job? Some people don't even believe God has any connection with their job. Everything about God starts and ends. Starts 10 a.m. or 9 a.m. on Sunday morning and it ends at 12. All right? Then we go outside. Outside of that, God has no interest. God has no stake. God has nothing. That is not a life of faith. That's not an attitude of faith. Now, but when things go crazy, does such a people want to conjure faith? All right? That's why we, we fast, we pray passionately, trying to bring faith from somewhere so that, you know, that thing can just change. You know, faith is an attitude. Hallelujah. It's a way of life. It's an attitude that I believe that God exists. God is interested. Is interested in your relationship. Is even interested in your thoughts, those thoughts going through your mind. Many of us allow our thoughts to just run wild. Is interested. Is interested in what I say, what I speak, relationships that I form. It is it's interested. Is an attitude that considers God as present. And is an attitude that considers God as having a stake. So that's what motivated someone like Abel to give an unbelievable offering to God. Did You do get the difference now. Now, God exists. God is interested. As a matter of fact, he is watching. When you worship, do you worship by faith? Many of us don't worship by faith. We don't, we don't worship as if he is present. So our worship is mindless. It's distant. It's casual, and it's anyhow, because we don't worship by faith. Did you get the difference? When you are coming to church on Sunday, do you come by faith, with an attitude of faith? An attitude of faith believes God exists, right? And God is interested in that process of coming to church. So we come whenever we like, we show up. We just say, oh, yeah, yeah, just, you know, as soon as I get there before grace, at least I've marked register for the week. Some of us, that's what we do. Some of us don't think too much about this. That's that's why it's an attitude of the heart. Faith is an attitude that believes God exists, God is present, and God rewards. Right? He has a stake in everything you do. I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them. God has a stake in everything you do. Very important. He's a partner. He's interested. The outcome is important to him. That must move everything we do. Whether the Bible says, whether we live, whether we die, let's do it to the Lord. That is by faith. Even in eating, we do it by faith. He's interested. He's interested in what I eat. Don't think God is not. Don't think God doesn't care. He does. So, next time you are eating junk, you'll eat it as if the Lord is present. You know, I, I once had this testimony from our general was here that he once had an experience that shook him. That he was just praying. He was, I think he said, he had a cup of tea. He, he had a cup of tea and he sat down and he was really praying. And asking God to come and be part of the meal. And he said he, f- he just finished praying and looked at the tea. And the tea has, the- there's no more tea in the-, in the cup. And he was like shocked. And the Holy Spirit whispered, didn't you just ask God to, be- to come and partake in the meal? It's like, wow, I didn't, I wasn't serious. <laughs> I didn't mean it that literally. And God said, but I do. I do. I mean it, that literally. Imagine what our life will look like if we live with an attitude of faith. An attitude that believes God exists and God has a stake, is interested. Can you believe how meaningful our life will be? Not thought to God, but to us. Many of us don't even think our life is that meaningful. I mean, we even come, we serve, we don't believe that service is meaningful. Because we don't do it by faith. We do it by sight. We do it because it's what we have to do. It's what the pastor says we do. It's what, uh, you know, it's what you just do if you want to have friends. Otherwise, everybody in Agape will not like you. They will bother you. They will harass you. And the place will just become impossible to enjoy. You know, just to be a member, I'll do what I need to do. No, we must believe that God exists, right? He's present. And he has a stake. He rewards Those who are diligently seeking. He's interested in the outcome of everything you do. Faith is an attitude. Praise the name of Jesus. Faith is also an attitude that says yes to God. Faith is an attitude of yes. It's an attitude that accepts God's verdict without question. And that's that's faith. It's an attitude. So that is why it is something that must always be there before situation. Most people try to conjure faith, you know, when situation arises. If you notice that many of the people who have faith in the Bible that Jesus commanded, they just had it. I mean, they just do things and Jesus was like, wow, this is faith. Because that was their attitude. They were not trying to conjoin it. They were not trying to just be so fervent all of a sudden because something crazy is happening in their life. There are people who develop so attitude are developed over time. Attitude are developed. Attitude is a process. It's a process of staying in God's word. It's a process of memorizing God's word. It's a process of you know working with God. It's a process of testing. You know, it's a protest of, you know, uh, just walking, exercising our faith. It's a process until we develop an attitude that sees God in everything you do. That is the way we can live a life that really overcomes. The reason why many of us, are, we live so much in defeat, that's not God's plan for you. God's plan for you is not to live in defeat, frustrated, always having issues, Things not, it is because we don't live by faith. We don't. Our attitude is not by faith. When we do things, when we give, do you give by faith? You know, we try to help you so that your giving is by faith by having confession, right? Some people have even come, why do we even have the confession? Let's just give and move on. Now, we're trying to help you to do it by faith. Because even when giving is not done in faith, it is even sinful. I mean, it wasn't like Cain went to God and was cursing God, right? It wasn't like Cain did anything. No, it was not done in faith. So when you give to God, do it in faith, believing that he exists, believing that it's receiving it in your hands. So you're not going to squeeze... Five dollars or ten dollars, and 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 give it to God. That's not how you give to God, right? You don't squeeze your check and give it to somebody. If your friend is having a baby shower and you squeeze a check and give it to them, I mean, they're gonna it's gonna be awkward, right? It's all mango bank up. Just you know, you just throw it to them. No, that's why we give you envelope, right? Praise God. You do it well. You do it as if God exists, right? And he's interested in it. Our God is not someone, God is not someone that is disinterested in your life. His interest is so much, he's passionate about you. He looks at the outcome. Hallelujah. An attitude of faith says yes to God. It's important. says yes. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, amen, is spoken by us to the glory of God. You see, an attitude of faith is an attitude that takes God's word seriously. It's yes. I'm not trying to say, you know, uh, does he say, is, he, is no, 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 it's yes. It's yes, Lord. That's an attitude of faith. I want you to say yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord. That's an attitude of faith. An attitude of yes, Lord. Yes to your will. Yes to your will. Yes to what you say. Yes to your command. That must be an attitude. If you wake up in the morning, just say yes, Lord. Lord, my soul says yes. Lord, I say yes. Yes to what you want me to be. Yes to what you want me to do. How we develop that attitude when we practice it. Hallelujah. When we practice it, we develop it It is a way of life. If you live with an attitude of faith, you see, you have unceasing flow of grace. Hallelujah. Because grace comes through faith. You know, when you develop an attitude of faith, you are constantly connected to the supply of God. You see, people with an attitude of works constantly focus on the demand of God. The reason why many Christians are frustrated, cannot overcome, everything is a burden, their attitude is focused on God's demand. Oh, I have to do this again. How, oh, I can't do this. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, yeah, I have to do, I have to. And by the time if you keep thinking like that, you're frustrated. And if you keep thinking like that, you don't experience God's grace. Let me tell you why. Christian life can never believe on your strength. Try to do it. You'll be frustrated. Just imagine I'm trying to pastor with my strength. It won't be easy. I'll be frustrated. I'll be bitter. I'll be just disappointed, unhappy, grumpy, always annoyed. Unfortunately, that's the life of many pastors because they are doing it not by grace. There's no continuous flow of supply. When you live your life with no matter how busy, no matter how difficult, you're going to experience the joy of the Lord. You're going to experience the strength of the Lord. You're going to experience the supply of God's grace. I cannot tell you how many times I just don't have anything to give. I go back to God praying and just saying, Lord, this is from you. It is an attitude that focuses on God's supply, not just his demand. Because we focus on his supply, what do we say? Yes. Because before God gives you a command, he already provides a way to perform. Before God does that. If God is putting in your heart to do something, it is because he's already done it. If God is telling you to do something, it's because he already done, he, he's already done. It's already done. He did it already. If God is telling you to join a ministry, it's because he's already done that ministry. He's already done that work. You know, if God is telling you to preach the gospel to somebody, it's because God already preached to that person. He just wants you to do the work. He just wants you to do the work. i tell you a little story again. That is, a, 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 I believe a turtle was on the back of, a, of an elephant. All right? An elephant was walking, was going, and a turtle was on the back of the elephant. And the elephant was crossing a bridge, and the bridge shook. And guess what the turtle said? Wow, we shook that bridge. You know, that's the life of a believer. You're on the back of an elephant, and that elephant is God. Amen. When you focus on his supply, great things happen. You do the impossible. <laughs> Hallelujah. You do the supernatural. Doors are open for you that ordinary. That's why the Bible describes in John chapter 3 the life of a believer. He it says it's like a wind that blows, right? You don't know where it is from. You don't know where it's going. All you see is the effect of the wind. He said that is the life of a person that is born of God. Winds are so powerful. That is a person that is really walking by faith, has such a constant supply of God that people can figure their life out. People are like, how are you doing this? How are you going through this tough time and you are still still able to encourage others? Have you ever seen people like that? I mean, we should be encouraging you, but you end up encouraging us. Why are you going through this and you are still this powerful? How are you able to do these multiple things? How do you, exp- you know, how, how are you able to, I mean, how are you able to accomplish all this? Why is God blessing you so much? How come you have this, you have that? Because there is a constant supply, because there's an attitude of faith. Faith attitude is an attitude that says yes to God. Whatever God is calling you to do, I want to encourage you, say yes. Whatever the Spirit is leading you to do, I want to encourage you, say yes. You know, I've seen people who drive an hour here every day, and they are happier than people who drive half an hour or 20 minutes. And they will they come more. They are less stressed. They are, I mean, they are bubbly, they're exciting. Because there is constant supply. All right? So it's important for you to to know that it is an attitude of yes. Because when there is no yes, there is no supply. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, when there is no yes, Yes. there is no supply. supply. All right? We say yes even before we know. When uh, God called... uh, was calling Samuel, Samuel went to Eli, and he said, God, just speak because your servant is ready to listen. He didn't say, God, what are you about to say? Say it first so before I know whether it's something that I can do. That's how many of us will say, what, what are you about to say, God? Let me see whether it's something I can do. It's an attitude of Yes. Lastly, faith attitude focuses on the unseen, on the unseen. I think we miss so much because we focus on what we see. I'll give you, even, let me start from basic. We miss so much from people when we focus on what we, what we see about them. All right. Sometimes you you just look at people. What you can see about them is what you can see. There's a lot of unseen about people that is around you. Did you know that? Turn to your neighbor and let them know, there's a lot of unseen about me. (laughs) Don't focus on what you see. I mean, that should encourage some of us, right? That's a great encouragement. Don't focus on what you see, guys. Just tell the ladies, don't focus on what you see. (laughs) There's a lot of unseen about me. And they are good and they are from God. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says we should not have the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ with respect of persons. Because many of us so focus on what we see, we miss a lot of blessing that comes from people, even around us. A lot of people that can be a blessing to us. A lot of people that God has sent to us. You know, Jesus told some people I was in prison, you did not. Right? You didn't even come and visit me in prison. I was hungry, you did not feed me. They are like, come on, that's not true. I mean, how can we see you hungry? You think we are crazy, Jesus? I will see you hungry, and I will not feed you. I know, I'm not that dumb. Jesus said, no, you did it to these little ones. You didn't do it to those little ones. So Jesus sometimes disguises as little people. Jesus Jesus sometimes disguises as prisoners, as unworthy people, right? As poor, as people that you should not even help. Many of us are quick to help people that we just rate very high, right? Right? We rate them high. You know, they are this, they are that. You know, in our mind, they are worthy of my blessing. And we bless them. Oh, no, but, there are, but Jesus usually would disguise. There was a pastor that disguised as an homeless person. This is a true story. And I went to his own church and sat down. And everybody was just, everybody was going away. And he was the only one sitting on the row. Everybody, nobody did anything. When it was time to preach, somebody just said, you know, we're going to bring our pastor to come and speak. And the pastor came. And people, like, people were shocked. I think Jesus does that from time to time for us. People come to us that are unworthy. Because we focus on what we see, we miss God. How many tests have we failed? Because we focus on what is seen. If you are going to walk with God, we must be people who have our spiritual eyes. That's why we must have, you know, eyes that is anointed by God that can see the invisible. All right? See the invisible. There's a lot of invisible. The reason why, even in the life, in the time of Jesus, the Bible said there was no beauty that we should desire him. Isaiah chapter 53, right? That means there was nothing special about Jesus. All right? He was rejected, right? A man of sorrow, afflicted with grief. You know, when we saw, and they saw him, there was no beauty to desire him. He was not someone that people could rush to. That was why only fishermen, only those, you know, people who God has opened their eyes. That's when Jesus at some point asked his disciples, would you, you say I am? And Peter said it, and he said, wow, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you. I pray that the spirit of wisdom and revelation will rest upon you so, so that you'll be able to recognize God when he comes. I want us to pray that prayer. Lord, give me spiritual wisdom so I can focus. I can see the invisible. I can see the invisible. I can't walk with God if I'm limited to visible things. I cannot experience God's power, God's grace, God's financial provision, God's help. If I only, only focus on what I see, an attitude of faith always sees the invisible. Father, I'm asking in the name of Jesus, you will release spirit of wisdom and revelation. Spirit of discernment upon everyone in this congregation. I'm asking that we'll be able to see the invisible in the mighty name of Jesus. We'll be able to see you in people, see you in things, see you in activities around us in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I'm asking for an attitude of faith. Lord, take us through that process to develop such an attitude, an attitude that believes you exist, an attitude that believes you have a stake, you are interested. You are present. Lord, give us such an attitude in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Before I go and sit, I'll talk, I'll just say, if you're here, you have not surrendered your life to Jesus. You know, salvation is through faith. It's by grace. Grace means it's a gift from God. But you will never receive that gift unless you are able to trust in what God has done. All right? That's why it's true faith. You believe in what God has done for you, what Jesus did for you on the cross of Calvary. It's not distant. You know, for many people, it's distant. For some of us, that's why we cry when we sing about it. It's personal. It's present. That Jesus died for me. That without what Jesus did, I would be going to hell right now. I will have no hope. But Jesus did it. He didn't do it just for the world. He did it for me. Many of you don't have that connection. And that's why salvation is not there. You have not experienced the transforming power of God. I'd like to pray for you today. If you want to have such an experience, I want to all heads bow. You want to truly, truly experience Jesus in such a personal way. I want you to lift up your hands. right hands as I pray for you today. Thank you. Any other person? Thank you. God bless you. I want to know. Please keep it raised. Thank you. God bless you. Any other person in the house? Thank you. God bless you. Today is your day of salvation. This is for you. God organized this service for you. I'll give you a few more seconds. If there's anybody in the house, please don't let this time pass you by. I have three people. I think there might be at least two more who need to truly make that decision to Jesus Christ. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. This moment is for you. I'd like you to stand on your feet because i like to pray for you. Just stand up. Just stand up where you are. i just like to pray for you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. God has organized this for you today, and this is for you. I want you to place your right hand on your chest. Place it on your chest and say, thank you, Jesus, because you died for me. You didn't just die for the world. You died for me personally. You care about me. You care about my eternity, and you pay the price of my sin on the cross of Calvary so that I can be accepted by God. I can be called the righteous. Today, I invite you. Come into my life, Jesus. Forgive me of my sin. Let me experience eternal life, the supernatural life that comes from God. Let it come into my life. Let me begin to live a life that pleases God from today on. Thank you in Jesus' name. I'm going to pray. Father, I thank you. For everyone that is standing, everyone that has made a decision today, the Bible says, there's no one that comes to you that you would turn away. They have made a very significant decision. We will not always be there with them. Nobody will always be there, but you will be there. So today, I commend them to you, Holy Spirit, that you will be their follow-up teacher. You will teach them how to walk with God. You will teach them how to understand God. You will teach them how to please God. Thank you. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. You may have your seat. Thank you. God bless you. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you made that decision, i like to pray with you. i like to continue to pray with you. All right? I'd like to. Please, the tear up portion of the bulletin, you know, please fill it out and put it in the offering. They will be handed over to me, and I will continue to lift you up in prayer. God bless you. In Jesus' name.